Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey, bloodies. This is April. This is Caroline. And it's Thursday. Bloody happy hour. Are y'all ready for another story? Oh, yeah. They are. Yeah. Um, First off, we got to get the housekeeping out of the way. Caroline, what are you drinking? Oh, some wonderful tequila. Tequila. Started this new tequila. It's called Lalo's. L-A-L-O. It's 100% agave azul tequila blanco, and it's distilled in Jalisco, Mexico. So, randomly, I went to a tasting, loved it, and we may be starting a partnership with them. If not, it's going to be our own partnership, me and Caroline's, because it's great tequila. (laughs) So, he signed the bottle to April and Caroline. Bloody happy hour. Salud! Cheers. Does that say salute or slavo? Oh, salute. salute. <laughs> I th- guess I thought it was Russian. <laughs> um, good tequila. If you haven't tried it, go check it out. Also, our other partner, Manscaped. Manscaped. Y'all, we, we know you know, but listen, Manscaped is so amazing. Every time I talk about it, I have to, I have to put it on because it smells so good. Yes, and my brother messaged me this morning, and he was like, not only are the names and everything so funny. But it smells so good. Well, now I'm trying to find it. Well. He said the lotions and the sprays smell really good, and the clippers and the no clippers, nose clippers, work great. They cut smoothly and fine. He's just all excited. He's just never pampered himself like that. So there you go. I love it. So you can go to manscaped.com and you can enter code BHH and you get 20% off. Yes. Free shipping worldwide. Um, The best deal is this performance package 4.0. But you also get that 20% off if you just need to go in and replenish something that you've already purchased. Um, Use that code and you get 20% off. Remember, you'll get the weed whacker, the lawnmower. The ball toner and the ball deodorant, along with some silky boxers and a nice leather carrying case. What more that, could you ask for? Yeah, yeah. That your woman in your life actually might steal because it's really nice. I love it. All right, y'all. So um, I have to say that I f- had time. 
I guess about a week ago, and I was watched a show with my nephew. Well, my nephew Braxton told me about it, so I watched it with my other nephew, Isaiah, The Watcher. Have you been able to watch The Watcher oh, yet? No, I watched like an episode. And you, I, you know what? When I watched it, I was like, Caroline probably won't get past this could, first episode. could get past the first But episode. it was great if you get past the first episode. Why did I stop? I can't remember. It was just stupid. Did I think it, I can't remember what I thought. But I don't I, think it was stupid. I think it was just a little slow. And you were like, where are we going to, probably like, when is the scary part or where's the killing or whatever. Yeah, I couldn't get, I could only get through the one episode. It's very much a mystery. And oh. it's actually. Well, yeah. yeah. So did you watch the whole thing? I did. It was great. <sighs> okay, fine. I'll try again. I went to this uh, other show on Netflix. Okay. Called? It's about the cult. Oh, it's it's the cult. It's called One Taste, but the um the show is called Orgasm Inc. Mm. Oh, what I, I see that? why you only lasted one episode of The Watcher. So this is about this like cult, uh, and they basically are dedicated to teaching the practices of orgasmic meditation. Oh, O M, but it turns into like this like it has nothing to do with Scientology, but how. Scientology get makes money is that they uh people have to buy in to the next phase or whatever. Okay. So people would have to buy in to this next phase. But you should see these people that are on the show. Are they beautiful? <laughs> they're just gorgeous. <laughs> just gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, I swear that they're all either gay or lesbian, but they don't know it. They think they're straight. Oh. They have like there's this room of like thirty people and this lady is over here on the ground. She's butterfly, and there's a, the dude is giving is uh, uh-huh. showing how to uh-uh. give her orgasm with the finger, with the finger, and they were saying how you can have a fifteen minute orgasm. No, and you want to like ball up and cross your legs and be like, oh my gosh. No, mm. this is so awkward and so weird. What version of Netflix do you have? I don't know. I was listening to Juicy Scoop and they were talking about it. And so then I had to go watch it and talk <laughs> about it because it was so weird. And the lady who uh, came up with this one taste, you know, of course, people are in San Francisco, which San Francisco is just a whole hot mess of a place. But she, she th- it's founded by a female. And so she like does all these TED Talks and everything. And she's just like. Talking about orgasms. Wow. And, yep. Well, and there's they a big just, pers- like orgasm in front of all these people. It's so weird. And did you watch all of it? Well, I got like uh, 30 it. minutes left or something. <laughs> oh, and you don't even finish Jeffrey Dahmer, but you're going to finish this one. I did finish Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> so, um, uh, I did hear that there's a big percentage of women. That do not orgasm. So I can see how that can draw in a bunch of people who are just like, what's the purpose of sex? I don't understand. Why? Yeah. Because they don't actually. That's so um, sad. It's very upsetting. Yeah. yeah, yeah real sad. Is, um, very unfortunate. Um, so if maybe you their need man to don't learn have how, manscape. <laughs> yeah. If you need to learn how, you just go ahead and watch One Taste or uh, Orgasm Inc. Orgasm Inc. Yeah. Can't. So if you're, you know, into that. Go ahead. If you're not into that, you should also go watch The Patients, which is amazing on Hulu. Oh, I've it's pretty I good. Need to watch, it's a, oh, it's a, like a psychological 
thriller. It's good. Remember the guy from Who I Love Him? He was Brick off of Anchorman, the real dumb one. 40-year-old virgin guy. Steve Carell? Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. He's a main uh, serious character. I didn't watch The Office. You're either an oh. office person or a friends person. I'll be a friends person till the day I die. Okay. Yeah. So I'm taking you to Canada. It's June 29th, and it's just a normal Saturday in 2014. Alvin and Kathy Lickness are having an estate sale. And they're doing this because they are downsizing their big house that they already have, and they're about to retire, so they need to get rid of a, l- a bunch of belongings. So you have an estate sale where people just come in your house, and they shop, and they take it off your hands right then and there. I thought it was what, just when people, somebody like died. Or yeah, or retire. Like when you're going to get rid of just about everything in the house. Yeah, it's traditionally when people die, but maybe they do it different in Canada. Oh, well, yeah, well, for, I already forgot we're in Canada. Yeah. It's okay, I remember now. That was only three seconds ago. Yeah, it's short-term memory. <laughs> I didn't take my Ginkgo Bonobla, but don't worry, I'll take it next time. So they're retiring, and they're getting a smaller place. And they have a condo in Mexico, so they're going to go back and forth between their Canada home, where their family is, and then their condo in Mexico. So Alvin, in the past, has just always been an entrepreneur, and he's kind of invented a couple things. And then Kathy was a real estate agent, and they were very involved grandparents. They had some grandkids that they were very hands-on with. So for this estate sale, her daughter came over, Jennifer And then she had two of her three boys, five-year-old Nathan and then baby Maximus. They came over and they were helping because there was like 200 people that came to this estate sale. So they were help pricing things, moving things out, you know, selling, keeping track, whatever. So after the estate sale, I went all day into the evening. They were starving, so they got some Chinese takeout. And... Um, Jennifer, daughter, Jennifer was like, we're just going to go ahead and stay tonight. It's, and, um, we'll get up and we'll go back in the morning. So they cuddle up on the couch and they watch a movie together, grandma, grandpa, and then Jennifer and the two boys. Well, by nine o'clock, like they're spent. So they're going to bed Mm -hmm. and, um, baby Maximus didn't sleep well He's used to being in his own bed, and a lot of times when kids are trained to sleep in their own bed, it's they don't sleep as well when they have people in the bed with them. Yeah. So he was tossing and turning and crying. So by 11, Jennifer was like, I'm just going to go ahead and drive home and take him home so that maybe he can sleep and he's not fuss- and keeping them up. Mm-hmm. So she gets up, her and the baby leave. She, just, she says she's going to leave Nathan there with them because she don't want to have to wake up Nathan. Plus, Nathan loves sleepovers with his grandma and his grandpa. He would choose sleepovers over, like, going to the zoo because he loved his grandma and grandpa. So that worked. Baby went to sleep. She was at home. She got up the next morning, and she called mom to um, arrange a time to go pick up Nathan. Nobody answered. Nobody answered. So she didn't think of anything of it, though. She's like, maybe they're outside. Maybe they're sleeping late. So she just decided to get in the car and drive over with baby Maximus and um, go over there anyways. And I believe her husband was with her. And so when they drove up, she got out. She went to the front door, and it was open. Was it unlocked? 
or just open, open? Open, open, like wide open. Like somebody had just walked in in front of her, but nobody did. And so she looks in, and the first thing she sees is blood. All over the floor, bloody handprints on the wall, and she slowly went inside, and she saw a handprint that looked like it was a little kid's bloody handprint on the wall. She looked, she yelled, she screamed, nobody answered. She ran back out, got her husband. They called the police, and the police told them to immediately go in their car and lock the door because whoever, somebody could still be in there, right? So police get there pretty quick, and when they get there, they were like, we need your shoes because she had stepped through some blood looking for her mom and dad and her son. We need your shoes. And they thoroughly searched the house because maybe Nathan was hiding in a closet under a bed or something, as little kids traditionally do. Five-year-old Nathan, right? So they thoroughly searched, and Nathan was nowhere. Mama Kathy Lickness was nowhere, and Daddy Alvin, Papa Alvin, was nowhere to be found. What they did see, though, was there were sheets missing from the bed, blood-soaked mattresses, drag marks throughout the hallway leading to the garage. In the garage was a bloody dumbbell, and there was a tooth on the floor and a bloody earring. Okay. All they knew is that something horrible and violent had happened in that house. Clearly. Clearly. So immediately the police were like, let's not issue an Amber Alert yet. We don't have any information because what really comes out in the Amber Alert, the child's description, the person who might have taken them, and the make and model of the car. Yeah. Well, they didn't have any of that. So they were like, let's look, let's look into some more. Let's do some more investigation. Um, and they really found nothing. So later that night they mis- issued an Amber Alert for Nathan O'Brien and it just said he has gone missing under mysterious circumstances. Okay. No info. Like, people don't even know what to look for. But people in this community, they're like, um, Nathan's grandparents really love him. Maybe they were selling all their stuff to run away, and they took Nathan with them, and they, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um. When was all this stuff again? 2014. Okay. So... People in the community initially thought it was like a custodial type thing. Police aren't thinking this because they've actually seen the crime scene, but they haven't released information about that. So all night and all the next day, the police interviewed neighbors, family members, friends, anybody who could have been at this estate sale. They canvassed the neighborhood, and they worked around the clock. There were over 1,400 tips that quickly like this this police department if you get killed get killed in canada because i feel like they were dtf Mm. yeah um there's there were so many tips that came in like the system shut down that they had to reboot i just remember seeing that on one of the shows and they had every officer that they could have on there so there was up to 200 police officers working on it at different areas um on this case yeah So they interviewed all these people, and um, by the end of the next day, they had six potential suspects. 
A, one was a local sex offender. One was a former housemate, like a house guest that lived there, and then some former disgruntled employees. Oh. Um, disgruntled employees. Yeah. So the day after the disappearances, the disappearance, the O'Briens do what any parent would do in this situation, and they plead to the public and the media. And I have a little bit of that right. I need you to hear my voice right now, and I need you to know that Mommy and Daddy love you more than anything in this world. We know you are our superhero, and I just need you to stay strong, and we are going to see you. And Amber. So, that was Mom. That was Dad. Little Nathan loves superheroes, and um, more of the video kind of tells them, we know you're a superhero. Like, just be strong. So... They interviewed all the neighbors, and this is a nice neighborhood, so there's a ton of, ton of camera footage, okay? And they review over 60 videos from different homes and nearby businesses, and they discover a vehicle and a shadowy figure on that street in front of their house at 3 in the morning, and this is an old 70s model green Ford truck. Okay. It circled the Lickness house a couple times, stopped, somebody got out, peeked through, came back in the truck, and then the last time they got out, they didn't come back for a little bit later. Two hours later, the same truck was seen on CCTV footage on a nearby roadway, but this time there was something white balled up in the back of the bed of the truck. And then two hours after that, so it would have been like, that was 5 o'clock, so about 7 o'clock, I guess. Um, it was picked up again, and the large white thing that was in the back of the truck bed was gone. So what do you think they do? Uh, wh- who? What they The police. Well, they go find the truck. Yeah. The truck with the missing bed sheet. Bloody bed sheet. Bloody bed sheet is what it probably <laughs> was, right? So the police released a description and a flyer, and it's all over Canada, of this truck, which it's a 70s model truck, and it's green. So it's a very um, visible truck. Like, if yeah. you've seen it, you know you've seen it, right? So um, released the description, and when they released that, they also said that they believed that there was a violent incident that took place at the Lickness household. And they are looking for this truck. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. Well, the Lickness family, they also had a son named Jeff. And Jeff was nating, dating a girl named Patty, right? Okay. Patty called the police and they were like, she was like, I know this truck. My brother has a truck just like this, or at least he used to because she was estranged from her brother for a little bit. Um, My brother's name is Douglas Garland. You should look into him. So Patty turned in her brother and says, my brother had a truck like that. Mm -hmm. Got it? Mm -hmm. So um, police matched brother's truck with the one that was on surveillance footage And they went to go pay him a visit. They took in the truck. They took him for questioning. And they held him in jail because he actually had a warrant on something previously related. So they were able to keep him in jail for a while. 
and they were able to, they had a temporary search. It's not even a search warrant, but if you think that there might be a body inside the house, you can search the house, but only a certain amount of space or or the property because you don't have a full search warrant. Mm -hmm. So they were going in and looking and hoping that maybe Nathan and Alvin and Kathy are there, Um, but they weren't there. But they did find a barrel that was smoldering. Oops. And a ton of ash Uh inside the barrel. Never good. But they had to leave everything there because they don't have a search warrant. So anything that they could have found that wasn't the actual uh, bodies or people would not be admissible. So they go back and they're trying to get a search warrant. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Garland gets released from jail, oh. but he gets released from jail because, and they're like, you need a, you're not allowed to go back to your property. This is a 40 acre ranch that he lives on with his parents. You're not allowed to go back to the property. You can go stay at this hotel and keep the address. And cause he's still under investigation and he still has court date for s- something else that he did. So now they want to look into Douglas Garland. And what they found is that he has a criminal past, including drugs and identity theft. Okay. Okay. Um, while they're kind of digging into him, an aerial photographer comes forward. So random, and this is just, it's just so weird. He is actually surveying a lot of the properties around there, including this four- 40-acre ranch, and he has this $1.2 million drone camera that was set up to take a picture every three seconds. Mm -hmm. So when he heard that this kid, this Douglas guy, and this family went missing, he went back and he was like, well, let me just see if we just happen to take a picture of his property on this day, and they did. What they found on his camera was shocking. (gasps) What they know is they were able to zoom in, zoom down. They see that burn barrel, and then you see two adults and one kid. Like, the adults weren't dressed all the way. And then one kid curled up in a ball outside the barrel. And that's really all they can see. And so now police are like, let's go. Let's go search the whole property. Did you find pictures of it, or did you look it up? Of what? Of everything? Of the what the drone took, yeah, it's it's on there. Oh, that we okay. can pick, um, and you can and there's like the family. I'll show you the family here in a little bit, and the little boy. My goodness, so it's very very grainy because they're taking it from thousands of miles up in the air, mm-hmm. but the technology that they had that they were able to zoom and zoom and zoom. So it's pretty grainy. Yeah, so um, they were. Doing their search. There was a tons of other containers on the property. Mm-hmm. And they got all the ash that was in the barrel. And they saw that there was a tooth. There was some burned flesh. They found some tools, like a hacksaw and a bone saw. And there was a building on the property. There were some meat hooks in that building hanging meat hooks with blood and 
meat oh. on there. Meat hooks. And they found handcuffs, a dagger, and a leather baton and a bag. And they thought maybe this bag with the handcuffs and the bag, dagger and the leather baton was his actual, like, kidnap kit, I guess, or abduction kit that he took over to the house to kind of beat them with, mm-hmm. handcuff them, and bring them back to where he is. That's a lot of people for one person. Mm-hmm. So Sounds a little suspicious to me. They also discovered he was a cross-dresser. Like, there okay, was a BTK. cross-dresser's dream. Yes, he has a lot Jeez. in common with BTK. There were tons of men in women's clothing. There were a bunch of fake breast implants and inside bras. There were men and women's shoes, 89 pair, and they were all his size. There was a package of adult-size diapers. And that is, that's a kink. It was his fetish. That's a kink. Uh, what, Adult what is diapers. It? it is. It is a thing. Oh yeah. Where they like He's got it. Pee and shit themselves. <laughs> oh. And then they have they like somebody will come and change them, <laughs> like that. It's a whole kink. I heard. I heard about it on one of my YouTube shows. Yes. Mm-mm. Crinkle bottom. Is that what? It, <laughs> Look it up. It's something called Crinkle Bottom. Well, he had it. And at first, because his parents were elderly, I was like, oh, maybe those were his parents' diapers. But no, because they also find 80-plus photographs of men and women decapitated, um, dismembered, tied up, dead, but they're all in adult diapers. So that's what what turns him on. Yeah. There is also some blonde wigs. Um and they found a hard drive, like, in the rafters of the basement. Like, they were looking everywhere. Jeez. I'm just so grateful that this police department was on it. So they found a hard drive. So they put in the hard drive, and they found that this Douglas guy was keeping tabs on the likenesses for about 10 years. Oh. He was oh. searching them. Often, searching their phone number, searching their address, searching their social media pages. He was also searching things like how to dispose of a dead body, manuals on autopsies and perfecting a kill. Did you find it, diaper fetish? No, I'll, I'll tell you what it. Um, how to burn a dead boy in the quickest way. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, dead body. Dead body in oh. the quickest way. My typo. Um, dismemberment using a hacksaw, how to get away with murder, the perfect crime scene, the joy of killing, how to perfect torture, and just tons of random weird shit to where they were mind blown. They began calling this place the House of Horrors. They also showed, um, like hundreds of boxes of different types of weapons, like Bone saws, knives, guns, straight jackets, handcuffs, and those little white suits that people wear when they're... Cra- yeah, the cra- in the crazy suits. No, no, no. Oh. Forensic investigators, those white suits that they oh, put the on. That, yes. He ordered a ton of those. Heck? Later on, we'll find out that there were just no evidence of him really being at the blood s- at the crime scene because he had on that suit. Yeah. 
Um, oh, oh my gosh. Think about how many people actually do stuff like that, and that's how they get away with it or something. Yeah. They also collected 1,400 pieces of evidence altogether. They only took about 89 um, was used in court, but they later testified that they sifted through 120 gallons of ash, and it took over 550 hours and 10 months to go through all the ash and evidence. Is that funny? <laughs> all the ash, going through all the ash. No, it's just like, that's a lot. Of, I know. That's just a lot. I just love that they are willing to, though. So um, they found all this stuff, right? 17 teeth, bits of bone, a button, jewelry, shackles, those Tyvek bodysuits, that's what they're called, rubber gloves, chemical gloves, but they found no bodies. No bodies alive or dead. So it's always hard to convict a case when there's right. no body. Um, but while they're there, they also found a motive because this whole time they were like, okay, he's good. Douglas Garland is good for this murder, but why? Why would he do this? Is it just a random thing? But he was so prepared. Why had he been investigating them for 10 years? Yeah. The only connection that they knew before what I'm about to tell you is that his sister was dating the son. Oh. Douglas's sister was dating the likeness's son. And so remember, she's the one that turned uh-huh. him in in the truck in. So what they found out is 10 years earlier, Alvin was in the middle of inventing a pump for the oil and gas industry. And remember I said he was an entrepreneur, like he was just, he was one of those people that was always doing something different, like he would open up a new business, or he would invent something, he just enjoyed working for himself. Um, So he needed some help, and Jeff, the son, recommended Douglas Garland to come and work for him, because he had had some college He had some experience. He's a hard worker, and he wasn't doing anything at the time. And so Douglas came to work for the Licknesses, helping him um, design and build this pump. And they were, the plan was, is they were going to get it patented together. Mm -hmm. And they were both going to get the um, glory off of it, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. They were going to be inventors. And this gave Douglas purpose. Well, Douglas... Um, actually had a breakdown, like some type of nervous breakdown, which we'll find he has some mental issues. Um, and he stopped showing up to work. He stopped answering phone calls and messages. And Alvin had to fire him like any employer would. Yeah. Like you yeah. weren't showing up. Yeah. And so hey. and during this time that he wasn't showing up. Transphobic. He must be transphobic. Yep. The employer. That's why he fired him. Yep. <laughs> Not because he wasn't showing up. Nope. Right. So, um, Alvin actually fired him, and then he finished the pump, and it patented, he was patented in his name only. Oh. So, this pissed Douglas off. Oh, he mad? He's real mad. Because they had been agreeing this whole time it was going to be both of their names, but. Yeah, but but then you stopped showing up for work. But then you You stopped showing up to work. Right. So I guess Douglas just thought he was done really, really wrong. Oh. Now, 
Jeff, the son, confirmed that his dad, Alvin, did pay Douglas for all of his services up until the point he stopped showing up. Um, <clears throat> but I guess that wasn't enough for Douglas. No, it's not. And the best part is, is the pump didn't even make any money. And he knew it didn't make any money because he had been researching it, but he was still pissed that his name wasn't on this. So I would be pissed if it was, if he ended up being a millionaire, but he didn't make any money off of it. Yeah. So okay. So what you mad for? Well, Douglas he, was mad. Yeah, he mad, and he has obviously has issues. Um, and so his recent, his most recent search, so Douglas's most recent search of the Lickness family. He saw that they were having an estate sale and were moving. So mm. this made him expedite his plan. He was already oh. planning to murder him. Oh, now he had to really. Now he was, had to do it like that day, that what? week, because he didn't want them to move and he doesn't get his revenge. So this is what we call he a revenge killing. He couldn't do it after they moved? He had to do it. I guess maybe not he just in his head, that, like how or whatever. yeah. Because what they found too is that he was researching lock picking, and he it was actually their specific type of lock that he had perfected, and he had he had had practice locks in his thing in his wherever he lived, so that he could practice picking their lock. So if they moved, they might have a different lock, and he wouldn't know how to lock it. Caroline, oh, pick it. <laughs> They went, yeah, he wouldn't know how to pick it. So, um, they were looking more into Douglas's past, okay? They knew that he was smart, that he had ex- been accepted to med school at one point in time, but he had to quit because he suf- suffered into, uh, from mental issues. They... Um, one of those issues was paraphilic infantilism. Known also known as auto nep auto nep nepiophilia, <laughs> photosexual infantilism, and adult baby syndrome is a sexual fetish that involves role playing a regression to infant like state. Uh, Behaviors may include drinking from a bottle or wearing diapers. That's, I mean, it's not clean, but that's cleaner than what consists, he had. Consists of feeling sexually aroused by wearing diapers, using other objects designed for babies, and behaving and being treated like a baby. I wonder if he made them act like babies. He probably did. He got off more <clears throat> some people, than being some dead. Some of these people even have babysitters. Oh, God. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. 
we'll be talking about a lot. 911, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The, the Alter House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. adult baby syndrome <laughs> I, I can't I i'm can't. gonna still call it crinkle bottom crinkle bottom because <laughs> they be wearing diapers pooping in their diapers they get the crinkle bottom mm-mm. so gross mm-mm, mm-mm. um they found out that you know throughout his life he would have these periodic breakdowns in 1992 he was arrested for operating a meth lab on that same property that they were searching and he went to court for it and then he fled and he fled to British Columbia, and he found a new identity of a guy named Matthew Kemper Hartley. This guy died in 1980 from a car crash, and so Douglas assumed his identity and started a whole new life Oh God! under this little boy's identity. So... While he was Matthew, he also said that he had a science degree and a ton of experience as a lab tester, right? Okay. Um, So he got a job at a laboratory testing pesticides and herbicides, making good money. And he did it so well that he was promoted to supervisor. 
I hate that these people who are so freaking Lots. big, huge weirdos and uh, murderers, and they're always so, real smart. So smart. So annoying. What a waste. Because of he gets away with this for four years at this one company, makes all the money, mm. but has a nervous breakdown and gets fired. I wonder if like they're just too smart and they're not challenged. Then they just have to make up all this extra shit to do. I don't know. Maybe so. So pissed about this. <laughs> Maybe so. So he was fired in 1997, but he was collecting unemployment checks in this Matthew kid's name. So he was off of work, <laughs> having a breakdown, collecting unemployment benefits in this kid's name. And by 1999, he had got another job at the British Columbia Institute of Technology, another great job. What the heck? Where he was killing it again, but somehow they found out who he was, and he was arrested, and he went to jail for the meth lab. And when they, and and that's what he's actually, they kept him in jail for is because this identity theft thing. So it kind of worked. Yeah, yeah it kind of worked the- out in their favor that he had this. So when he went to jail this time, he was sentenced to 39 months. This was back in 1999. He was released after only six months and with the promise of a psychiatric follow-up. So the judge was like, okay, you can get out after six months, but you better go see a psychiatrist. Well, he did, and the psychiatrist was like, yeah, he's not violent. He will yield little violence towards others, and so he was able to go home, which is... After that is kind of when he meets the Licknesses and all that Mm. new stuff starts happening. So, um, also, after he was released from jail, that laboratory that he worked for, Caroline, was pissed because he fooled them for four or five years. So, they want to sue him. They get to sue him, and they do. So they get their lawyers, and they take him to court. And you know, what do you think Douglas does? What he did, what any sociopath would do in this situation when you're in court. Oh, is he a sovereign citizen? He represents himself. He represents himself. He has no attorney. Mm-hmm. He represents himself. But you know, unlike Bundy and Daryl Brooks, he wins. He wins, and the judge ruled that he deserved, because the company wanted him to pay back all those unemployment benefits and all those things, all the money they paid to him because he lied about it. And and so he proved, Douglas proved, that he was like, I don't care what name I was under, I earned it, I did the job, you thought so, so well that you gave me a promotion and a raise, and then you fired me, so why wouldn't you give me unemployment? And so the judge was like, yeah, I'm going to give him that. Oh, my god! So <laughs> he won that trial, and um, he didn't have to pay back any of that money. And he continued to get some of those employment unemployment benefits, which was crazy. So now what we know about Douglas is he is smart, and he is a loner because he has had no friends, no wife, no family during this whole time. So that's all investigating Douglas. And so now we have, it's time for trial for the murders of Nathan, Alvin, and Kathy. Because they know, they haven't found bodies. All the blood that they saw at the initial crime scene, unless you 
went to a hospital afterwards. You weren't going to be able to live. Mm-hmm. Plus, oh, yeah. all the yeah. teeth and um, flesh that they found at the on the property, they knew that they were probably dead. Yeah. They just didn't have the bodies. Um, so it's January of 2017. So the murder happened in 2014. Here's the case. I mean, here's the trial. January mm-hmm. 2017. Um, they showed all the crime scene and aerial photos. And that photo that kind of got them out there. Remember I said it was the barrel and it was the two adults and the kid. Mm-hmm. When they zoomed in, the adults, Kathy and Alvin, had on diapers. <gasps> oh! He put adult diapers <gasps> on them oh, as no. he tortured them. No. So I'm not saying that is innocent, what you're talking about. Like, you know, sucking their thumb, pacifier bottle or whatever, having a babysitter. That was that's a whole nother issue, but he likes them to be tortured in the diapers. So his photos were like them being dismembered, them being tortured and gagged. That was his weird kink sadism part of it. So, um, they also found that the tooth that they found in the ashes were little Nathan's, they were teeth of a little boy, they were Nathan's. Um, and then they showed a photo, aerial photograph that was taken of the same spot 24 hours later, and there was nothing but a barrel, the burn barrel smoking. So he had gotten rid of their bodies that quick. Oh my gosh. Part of his research it was how to burn a body yeah, in the to- quickest way. And all these ones that we've talked about have not been able to master it. Right. He mastered it. Oh no. Which is crazy. He mastered it. So his sister, Patty, also testified that she remembers Douglas being angry this whole time and hating the Licknesses and often complained and was angry that he was being wronged about the patent of the pump and was that's why they haven't really talked because he was mad at her for being engaged into the family. He thought his sister should take his side because they wronged him. And his sister was like, get the fuck over it. (laughs) You went crazy and you got fired. Take you some medicine or go to the doctor. Yeah. So what we found out at the trial and what we know is that Douglas entered the house and brutally beat Alvin and Kathy and Nathan and, but just enough to keep them alive. Then he bound them, wrapped them up, put them in the truck, but they were still alive when he got to the property because that is where he wanted to torture them. Oh, no. um, he tortured them, he dressed them in diapers, tortured, killed, dismembered, and then efficiently burned their bodies in barrels. Um, and the trial lasted five weeks because they had 89 pieces of evidence to present. And being very thorough because there's no body. And there was no evidence of Douglas being at the crime scene. So a good lawyer could take that and run with it, right? So they felt like they had to enter all this evidence. So now it's time for the jury to deliberate and... They deliberated for nine hours, which I was surprised. 
Um, and they were, he was guilty of all counts of first-degree murder. Three counts for all three of them. Um, throughout the trial, Douglas never showed any remorse, any regrets, anything. And he was sentenced to 125 years, f- no parole for 75 years. And by this time, I think he's like close to 60, 55 or 60. So <clears throat> parole in 75 years, like he's going to be too old. He's going to be Why dead. Why are you even getting parole? I think they, I don't know. We don't know. It's Canada. Yeah, yeah. There's no telling. But, I mean, 125 years, he definitely got a decent sentence. Um, oh my gosh. The judge's last words was, these acts display character of evil, and you can't rehabilitate evil. So he oh. is in the best place he needs to be. And oh my I gosh. know, I know. You'll be happy to know that as soon as he hit the prison grounds, he got his ass whoops was put in a diaper, <laughs> a diaper. Um, like tons of prisoners whooped his butt. He was put in a um, infirmary, I think is what they call it there for a little bit. And then when he got out, he was beat a second time until he was unconscious. They thought maybe he would die, but he did not. He was, he woke up in the infirmary and he was stable. And now he's just living a horrible life in prison. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I always wondered, like, when they beat, I know they always beat up, like, the child rapists and child murderers, yeah. but, like, what did they do to get in there? I know. <laughs> like, why are they better and than it, that? And isn't it funny? It's a hierarchy of um, Yeah, and then, like, crime. how do they know? I guess they just talk to other. They know. hate rapists. They hate of childs. Yeah. Of any kind. But the, because but the, the highest, like, the most, the mor- moralist of the. Of the prisoners are who? The druggies, probably. The drug gangsters. Like, they kill other gangsters so they feel better, I guess. Or they kill other men so they feel better. And a lot of the people in there still love their mamas. So when they find out that somebody's raping raping women, they think of their mamas and their sisters. Or when they're child molesters, they're gross. So they whip their ass. And that's why they have to be in a different... Usually in some type of protective custody. <laughs> in 2021, Douglas tried to file an appeal, but it was denied. Oh, um, good. And there's a couple documentaries you can watch called Hunted by Evil. There's two parts if you wanted to. And then um, Jennifer O'Brien and Rod O'Brien, the parents of Nathan, started a Nathan O'Brien Foundation. Mm. And it's centered around sports. It has a decathlon Somebody anonymously funded um, or gave them a million dollars to start this. And so they help little kids. And then the last thing I have is just the last little clip from this documentary that I watched. One of the things Nathan loved, nighttime talks with his dad at bedtime. And one conversation will forever linger in Rod's memory. Nathan had started asking me at nighttime what heaven was like, which is kind of a strange question coming from a five-year-old. And uh, I'd say, well, you can fly around in heaven like a superhero because Nathan <laughs> loved superheroes. There's no night times. You can play all the time. He goes, well, I'm going to welcome you into heaven, Dad. You guys. 
gosh, he's the cutest little boy. He is. And isn't it crazy that he was talking about heaven right before he got killed? And he said he was going to welcome them. So it's like, oh, I hate people. Did he know? This, my mom told me something when I was, when we were little, when Susan Smith killed her kids. Cause you know, I was all up in that. I was young. And I was like, mom. And like my little brother was about that age. And she was like, I just think I have to believe that the Lord takes them so that they don't suffer. So he's like little Nathan was already in heaven. Like he wasn't enduring the torture. That's like what I tell myself. Yeah. Like when I'm going through this because it's horrible, y'all. It's horrible. I know, I know the way the little boy, and so those parents can't can't deal. So there's a just a great story. Wow, what a great story! <laughs> I mean, hey, what up, Canada? What up, Canada? They they're little. You started off pretty hot. I mean, you just, we got a good one for Canada. That was, that yeah. was a good start. With and Canada. the police, I was like, at least. It always makes it worse when the police don't do their part, right? Mm-hmm. They did their part from the beginning to end. So shout out to Canada Calvary Police. Um, let's do a palate cleanser. We haven't done an animal fact in a oh, long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, animal fact. Yeah, let's do it. Um, zebras have horizontal pupils with eyes on the side of their head so that they have a wide field view and built-in binocular vision. What? They also have night vision. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking this up right now. You don't believe my old student? I do, but I want to see it. They have eyes that are on the side of their head and in front of their face. Also, bats. Four eyes? No. What? (laughs) No, their eyes, like horses, are on the side of their head. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could. I wish I had night see vision. I cannot see. I was trying to go Wait, to somewhere. So do hor- what what was special about it? Because do horses don't have night vision? I don't know. Isn't a zebra just a horse? But no, what colors? was special is they have binocular vision. So like we can see through a binocular, they automatically have that all the time. Look at those eyes. Uh, yep, she's stuff. on the thing. Yep. <clears throat> okay, y'all. Wow, what a great story <laughs> and a great fun fact. Fun facts. Y'all, if you haven't done so yet, newbies, we hope you enjoyed this story. Um, and tune into some of our other ones. We give you a different story every week, plus some news on a Tuesday. If you haven't done so already, go rate, review, and subscribe. Zebras are very closely related to horses and donkeys. Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks. Good, good, good. Um, and we will see y'all next week. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Just like the Canada police. Facts. Down to find. Bye. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.